Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody, issue nine of DC Primetime now out on podcast shelves for your listening enjoyment. <laughs> Not a lot to talk about this week, uh, with only one episode uh, out of the four that we usually talk about. But uh, you're listening to again DC Primetime on the Next Level Podcast Network from the Showcast. I am Ben Beck, and I am Rob Martin from CaffeineCrew.com. And no third chair this week, but that's okay because uh, we're still on a high from last week. Yes, if you haven't got a chance to go back and listen to last week's episode with our friends from DC, uh, DCR Podcast, definitely get a chance to go back and do that. Yeah, uh, big, huge, special thanks to Brian and Sean from uh, DCR Podcast, Distressed Citizens Radio. Uh, we had an absolute blast with them last week. I know they said they had the same, and uh, we had a huge subscriber boost from all of their listeners as well. So uh, to all of our new listeners and new subscribers to the podcast, welcome. Yes, and uh, I'm going to answer one of your questions that I saw on their board a couple times. Sorry, yes, we are not talking about Gotham yet. Lucifer or iZombie, because I saw quite a few people ask about that. Um, We do have plans for that. I I think me and Ben were discussing potentially when these main shows wrap up. We may look at going back and maybe touching base on those three shows. I don't know if that'll be a weekly way. We still have to figure that one out. It's just uh, when the biggest question comes into play for us is next season, how we're going to handle taking care of that because it's going to be a little difficult for just the two of us to balance six shows and a seventh on the way with Powerless. So we have to kind of figure that one out. Actually, no, it would be uh, eight shows total once Powerless is into the mix. Well, well, and also, let's not forget uh, Preacher. And we have Preacher, so that's yeah. nine. So let us know. Um, like I said, use that handy-dandy email that we'll drop later on. But again, that's uh, if you don't get a chance to get to the end of the episode, DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. Um, let us know what you would like us to cover specifically when we roll into the break or what you want us to see, uh, see us do at the start of next season. Yeah, because we want to keep this going when all these uh, – when obviously right now we talk about – we focus mainly on Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which are the four biggies. They're the ones that actually have the DC moniker to them, uh, which is why we talk about them more than you know Lucifer or any of the other ones, which are more Vertigo comics um, than DC. Ha- still DC, but you know Offset of DC. So we focus on them right now, but we want to be able to keep this podcast going, um, you know, when they're on break in between seasons. So yeah, drop us a line. And if you have already emailed us to, uh, that, that email address, Rob just mentioned DC primetime at next level radio online.com and you haven't gotten a response. I apologize. It is because for the past two weeks I had primetime accidentally spelled wrong. So the email address was not working, but it has since been corrected, and the email does work. So um, uh, drop us a line, as Robin mentioned. And uh, once again, thank you to all of our new subscribers. Uh, we appreciate the support, and we hope to keep your support. Uh, 
And also, if you are enjoying the show, also make sure you head over to iTunes and rate the podcast. It does help us out a lot, um, just as far as visibility. And uh, we're happy that already at the start of the show, we're getting a lot of people listening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just search for DC Primetime uh, in the iTunes store under podcasts. Give us a, you know, a, a review. Uh, we would definitely appreciate it. And tell your friends. If you have friends who don't, you know, uh, who don't listen to us and you think you they might like us, then, um, yeah, share us with them as well. And uh, I know we'll do these plugs again later on uh, towards the end of the podcast, too. But uh, I like getting them out of the way in the beginning before we talk about everything else so people don't kind of tune out uh, towards the end. But we'd appreciate any support on social media you can give us as well um as i'd mentioned it's on the next level podcast network so just go to next uh yeah you can go to next level radio online.com for all the podcasts that we have uh but on facebook it's facebook.com slash next level radio online give us a like uh go to at nxt level radio on twitter and give us a follow as well as are you the caffeine crew or caffeine crew on twitter uh, we're just Caffeine Crew on Twitter or, you know, and the website's just CaffeineCrew.com. But we do have links over to get to the show from our page as well. And pretty soon we'll make sure we get that Twitter account up for people to follow us a little easier and contact us and be able to kind of engage with us a little bit so yeah. more simplistically. Yeah, absolutely. So all the support you can give us, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, but enough with that. Let's move on with the podcast and let's go into uh, our first segment, which is the DC Bullet Points, where we let you know what we thought of these shows by giving them a one of our three-point ratings of sidekick, hero, or legend. Uh, as we had mentioned, the only episode we have to talk about this week was this week's episode of Supergirl, episode 16, titled Falling. And Rob, we'll start with you. I, although I think uh, we're in agreement. Actually, this is going to be my very first ra- like rating for Supergirl getting a legend for me. Um, a lot happened this week, and it kind of – I was happy. It built off of the last episode that aired um, where we had that nice kind of moment between Alex and Hank and Kara. And uh, we got to see that continue, and that was one of the things me and Ben wanted big time, and it paid off. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. This is the second time I'm giving – second time I think in a month I'm giving Supergirl a legend status. I think the last one was uh, Solitude where we finally saw the Fortress of Solitude. I believe I gave that one a legend as well. But uh, this show is picking up steam for me. It's it's getting better. Uh, not that it was ever horrible, but it's definitely getting better. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of this season so far. And it's coming at a good time because, again, we're only, I think, two episodes away from the big crossover that all of us are dying to Oh, my to God. See. I cannot wait. We are two episodes away from World's Finest, uh, the crossover with The Flash, which uh, their, their NBC just finally started showing promos for. Yeah, it was. Uh, we saw it, like, I think just a couple days ago. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, uh, before we actually get into a little bit deeper, too, we are recording this podcast a little early. I'm sure you're still hearing it on our normal day. Um so I apologize in this episode if we miss some talking points that maybe would have happened between Thursday and Sunday when we normally record. Yeah, due to due to scheduling, um, I'm actually going away over the weekend. So when you're when you're listening to this uh, on a regular day that it's posted, um, we have already recorded this three days ago. So if any big news happens, you know, over the weekend and we don't talk about it, we apologize. So that's a good point, Rob. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wait a second. <laughs> uh, but let's get into uh, the Secret Origins portion where we actually break down the episode. As I had mentioned, this is episode 16 of the first season titled Fallen or Falling. 
Uh, Red Kryptonite makes Kara malicious and dangerous while Kat appears on the talk to discuss Supergirl. I love how they have that in the synopsis. Like, we really care. Um, actually, the talk was pretty much uh, just it's a nod to CBS, you know, because it's they shared the network. So, and I think actually, when I originally read the synopsis, I think it was supposed to be the View. Yeah, I, I you could definitely tell that's what was what they were looking at, and they kind of just uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the talk is an actual show. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a midday kind of TV watcher at all. So. I'm I'm not either, but I know it it is an actual show. So I mean, it's uh, you know, and Sharon Osbourne and Aisha Tyler, they're all really on the show. Oh, okay, um, fair enough. Like I said, they just shared them and borrowed them for a little bit because it is on CBS. So it's that's the reason why they had it. But I think – And it was even shot that way too, which I thought was kind of amusing. Well, it was probably during a taping of The View and they just threw Callista Flockhart out there and told the audience, hey, we're going to be filming a scene for Supergirl. You guys are going to be a part of it And because I know they do that sometimes and and such. But I, re- I remember reading in the synopsis it was supposed to be The View, which I thought was interesting because they're different networks. So I was always curious how they were going to do that. So Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like one of those things when they're like in the early pitch, it, it, it catches people because they know that name probably very well. And then they're like, wait a second, run network. Let's yeah. make this. T- let's make a change. We We have our own talk show we can pull from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but continuing on with the breakdown of the episode a little bit more, I think um, – this episode definitely started to pick up to me probably after the first 15 minutes. So after we got through like the first break, which I deemed as national city turns, um, you know, cause we got the whole drama of, um, you know, of, of Jimmy, of James breaking up with, with, um, uh, with, with Lucy, with Lucy. And we got a little bit of a uh, Siobhan and uh win, uh, you know, in their in their little storage closet moment, all those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, the 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 first part of this episode was a little soap opera esque to me, but um, from the moment then we see with uh with Kara with Hank and and Alex, and she runs off to the fire. That's when everything really starts to pick up, and that's of course when she is infected with the red kryptonite. Correct. Uh, and let's bear in mind too, um, because. Red Kryptonite's always kind of tricky. Uh, it's taken on a ton of forms. If you're a comic book fan, you, you've probably seen it. If you look at, you know, pre-Crisis, like way back in the day, if you're an old head, uh, you know, it was something a little bit different. And then post-Crisis, it kind of gives the Kryptonians all their own little special tweaks. You know, there was the Mr. Uh, Mr. Mitzelplex, like like Red Kryptonite. There's so many variations, but they kind of went with like the classic style um, anger-inducing, rage-inducing, um, unhinged Kryptonian. So Yeah, I mean, in every form of red kryptonite I've seen on television or in a film has pretty much been that. It's been, you know, all your inner anger is what comes out and, and shines through. Uh, they did the, th- the same thing in Smallville. Uh, when Clark put on a red kryptonite ring, he became, you know, the, the rebellious person. You know, every all his inner angst came out because of the red kryptonite. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, when I saw this, it made me want to see something that happened in the comic books in the last year or two. Um, you know, Supergirl, uh, Kara was uh, a Red Lantern for a while, <laughs> which was quite a lot of fun. So I'm hoping now, because we're seeing things like this, when they're trying to figure out what to do next, please give us give us the Red Lantern core. Just even <laughs> a nod, a ring coming down. You don't have to explain it much. Just have the DEO kind of gloss over. But I loved seeing her in this style. It was fun. 
I want to see any kind of Green Lantern Corps, Red Lantern Corps. I, I don't care what it is. I just want to see some kind of nod to that. But like, you can definitely point. tell, like this week, Melissa had a, a blast getting to getting to play the bad guy. Like she got to mess around with a little bit with Bizarro, but like she just took the ball and ran with it this episode. She was actually she was so good playing that malicious role. Yeah, I mean, even at one part in the at the end when she's in her apartment and Alex is in there trying to stop her, even down to the laugh, that maniacal laugh that she had. Like it, it was so good, and you're right. It's one of those things that you, you know when you when you interview actors and actresses, they just have so much fun getting to play the evil version of themselves. Right. I mean, if we kind of swap focus into the idea of Flash with Daniel Panabaker, like a couple of weeks back, getting to Killer Frost. I mean, you can just tell these actors love uh, like unhinging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, as you had mentioned, you know, from last week's episode, we're seeing some lingering effects from the end of last week's episode into this week, uh, and obviously. By the way, this episode ended, you know, by the end of this episode, there's still going to be a lot more lingering effects that are going to pretty much change the course of the show between now and the end of the season. Uh, we have the fact that Cat Grant has pretty much turned the city against Supergirl. Uh, and not only that, but the big reveal, which we'll get to a little bit later uh, in this discussion, is that Martian Manhunter is now public. Yeah, um... That was a surprise. <laughs> I didn't see that coming in this episode, but I love how well they did it. Oh my. I think we're, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Though. We're already at the end of the episode. That's what so. I said. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to that in a minute. Like I said, we'll go into that in a little bit. Right. Um, there's it's, – it's a little nod that I don't know if anybody else noticed it. I don't know if it's an intentional nod or if it's the, the line that they put in there. But I saw a little Irish bar fighter in Kara in this episode. When she's fighting the alien, or she's not even fighting the alien, she lets him go. Uh, but, you know, when he's confronting her and she turns to him and says, uh, yeah, want to fight about it? It's a total line from Family Guy. Anytime there's a, there's a drunk Irish guy in the episode and anytime anybody insults him, he just turns around and he's like, yeah, want to fight about it? And that, for some reason, I just draw, I, I drew to Family Guy. And bringing up that alien real quick, that was uh, that was the first time we've seen a Cahoon in the show, which was kind of cool. And the fact that uh, going back to DC Comics readers, Cahoon to kind of have a nice couple ties to Doomsday. Um, so it was kind of cool to see them throw those alien race in there. It gives it's a nice little old school comic book nod. Yeah, I mean, as I've we've mentioned in previous podcasts, and for our new listeners, you're you're the one that's more familiar with the actual comic book aspect of this. I'm not as familiar with the DC comics. I'm more the, the Marvel guy. So I had never actually heard of a Cahoon before. So that was actually a new alien race for me. But it was nice to see that it wasn't tracking down yet another Kryptonian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so after this fight, and Kara ends up uh, under the effect of the red Kryptonite, she ends up letting the Cahoon go. And there's now camera footage of this, which is what causes Siobhan to bring this to Kat's attention. And um, what actually ends up getting Siobhan fired. From- yeah, because she drafts an email to Perry White at the Daily Planet and saying, here's a scoop. And uh, I thought it was a fun little nod to, you know, obviously the Daily Planet because you don't get to see a ton of that. But granted, you know, we have stuff like, you know, James sticking around and it's kind of like our constant link to the other, you know, part of the Superman universe on that. But it was nice seeing Perry White's name brought up like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the this is going to start the downfall of Siobhan. Yeah, it's a 
it, I hate to kind of put it in this way because I know it's been done in so many different comic books and sh- like shows, but it kind of made me feel a little bit back to Spider-Man three with, uh, <laughs> you know, their, their version of Venom, where it's just kind of like, oh, I got fired. <laughs> no, it's like, I must kill Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to see, um, like I said, um, I think this is going to start the path to silver Banshee. Um, I'm very curious how she's going to gain the powers. Right, but it makes you wonder if that in the next episode or two, Siobhan's going to figure out who uh, Kara really is. That's well, my guess. Well, I mean, we know for a fact that she's going to have to become it in the next... Uh, things are going to happen either next episode or the following episode because she's a part of World's Finest. Yeah, she is. And the question is, I think we know the next episode, I think it's titled... Um, oh, Manhunter, Manhunter, I believe. yes. And um, that's going to be primarily going into a lot of John's uh, John Jones's stuff. So I'm wondering if they're going to just kind of like hit it with us pretty hard in the world's finest episode. If we're going to see our transformation then and there, as opposed to maybe trickling out next week. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, maybe the possibly the beginning of the episode is of uh, world's finest is when we're going to see it. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping it is next week, at least by the end of the episode. So we have a little bit more time with the flash. Yeah, I do too. So, um, Man, I keep I keep going back to that. I cannot wait for that episode. I really can't. I hope they do it right. Well, let's get into what why we made this uh, a legend. Um, well, for starters, um, I, I think it was. Oh, there's one other thing for me to the the main thing that really brought this to a legend status is really that fight at the end with Supergirl and Jean Jones and Martian well, Manhunter. Well, I guess before we even get into that, well, there's a, one of the loose end we have to tie up. Uh, the, you know, synthetic kryptonite, which ends up being the red kryptonite, was created by Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord, yes. Right? So, uh, which is, again, harkening back to some old school Lex Luthor of him playing with, you know, synthetic kryptonite. So, I, again, that was a kind of a sigh moment for me because it's kind of like, okay, get him out of Lex's shadow. Start playing into it a little bit more. But he was very into wanting to dive in and help the DEO out. And it makes me wonder if they're trying to steer him away from that villainous role a little bit. Possibly. Yeah, because I started to wonder what his intentions really were. I mean, we know we know from this episode he's the creator of the red kryptonite. We know that he was doing it trying to replicate green kryptonite. Um, he claimed so that it could to be to stop Nan and his army when they rise again. But you can't help but wonder whether or not he still has the intentions of stopping Supergirl, which was his intention with Bizarro. Right, and like I said, and we this is not the first time he stepped in to help the DEO. He did the same thing in the uh, for the girl who has everything episode with the Black Mercy. Like he kind of stepped out of the shadows to help, and it was unexpected then, and it was kind of unexpected now. But this is twice in just a matter of a few episodes. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing a turn for Maxwell Lord, which would be nice because he used to be kind of you know, associated with the Justice League for a while before they kind of had him spin into being a villain uh, during Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen him play both parts in this show before, and I think he can pull off either one of them. So it's now it's just a matter of time and waiting to see which direction the writers are going to take him. Are they going to make him good or are they going to make him bad? Mm-hmm. And like with him, you know, creating the red kryptonite in the episode, he did come up with a antidote uh, in a form of a nice handy dandy gun that he gave to Alex. So when things, you know, really went, you know, tits up in this episode, you know, Kara makes a mess of her life, you know, throws Cat Grant off of a building, um, which, uh, 
cause this cat to, you know, jump on the Catco media circuit and kind of saying, by the way, you know, Supergirl is incredibly dangerous, you know. And even bringing that idea up to Wynn and James was the idea is even though she is a hero and she could be under the effects of something, it's it's the proper thing to do is to bring it up to the people of National City that this person is potentially dangerous. Well, I mean, Cap Grant brought up a good point. You know, can you guarantee me that she will never hurt anybody? And even being friends with Supergirl, they couldn't do it. Right. So, I mean, at that point, your hands are kind of tied. You really have no choice without giving away the fact that you know who she is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it caused Cat Grant to get on, you know, the, the, the band and pretty much denounce their affiliation with Supergirl. Right. And then not on top of just that, but before we even get to that big fight, she kind of lets loose on Alex, um, kind of discusses how she feels like she's being constantly held back by her older sister. Then you see her make a mess of things with James at a point where she realizes she's really hardcore in love with him and kind of trashes Lucy. Uh, a lot of nasty things are going to ha- happen in this episode that are going to have a lot of repercussions in Kara's normal life. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um and I did notice too that I, I don't know where I'm going with that. So <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, okay. I, I lost myself. Uh, but getting to um, at least the beginning of that fight, um, I noticed something because I actually did watch this episode twice, and I noticed something the second time that I didn't notice the first time. And I don't know if it was the writers going for something and they decided to change it at the last minute, but I noticed that the guns they were using had green muzzle flashes. Which yeah, I did notice if, that too. Were they using kryptonite rounds and somehow red kryptonite makes her impervious to normal kryptonite? I, I don't quite know. I don't know if that was just maybe the lighting in post effects or not. It was, it was kind of tricky to tell exactly what the idea was behind a lot of that. Because otherwise I don't know why the muzzle flashes would have been green. Yeah, I, I would actually probably have to go back and watch. I don't think I really picked up on that too much. I did. I I definitely noticed it the second time around that they are green muzzle flashes. So, uh, but obviously going into the big part of this, and this is the main reason why I gave this a legend, is the public reveal of Martian Manhunter, of Hank as Martian Manhunter, as John Jones. And let me tell you, it got to a point where I couldn't tell if it was CGI or the actor in makeup. Yeah, actually, I, I was going to say that, too. This episode, for some odd reason, man, everything felt stepped up. It really, really did. I, I wasn't sure if it was because of the fact they were doing a lot of the sequences at night. I think the daytime shots are what seems the roughest. But I, I love the idea that they've been focusing a little bit more on some more night action. But this is the first time those fights felt solid. Yeah, they they, they felt great. The fight scenes were well choreographed. The, the effects looked amazing. Like I said, I couldn't tell if he was in makeup or not. To me, he looked real. Yeah, I actually questioned that. There was a good scene where you got a good close-up of him right after he transformed. Yeah. And uh, and then the little wink at the end of the fight. And then it was, wait a second. I'm like, is that a makeup job or not? Because it looked really solid. And it looks great. I mean, again, though, too, like, granted, there's you could do that suit and that costume in makeup if they wanted to. And it makes you wonder if David Harewood... Actually, they, you know, they did a cast on him and actually have done some stuff or and they're only doing CG for some of the fight sequences. I'm really not quite sure. It's something I'm going to have to do some digging on. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to know, though, too. I would like to know, though, because it's uh, if it, if that's makeup, it, that's that's a phenomenal job. They really did step it up. 
Yeah. So, um, but you know, obviously, obviously, following that fight scene, we saw Alex tell uh, you know John Jones to leave to run so that he's not captured, and he decides it's the best move is for him to give himself up, and he's taken into custody. Yeah, uh, and like you know, what spurred him doing that was you know Kara, you know, under the influence of the red kryptonite, did bring up to him you know, when she was just kind of, like, letting her mouth fly on the end, is uh, him being afraid of embracing who he was. And every kind, everybody kind of brought that up at the end of the episode, that there was a lot of truth in what she said, and it's the harsh truths. And I'm actually really happy that maybe we're going to see him embrace not being Hank Henshaw anymore and this being John Jones. Yeah. Which, I, I, which would make our lives so much easier instead of having to call him, you know, three different things every week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it was another, another thing that I really loved about this, this episode was the ending. Um, I said one of the highlights of last week's episode was the fact that it was a very emotional ending with Alex revealing, you know, that she was the one. And that might have been two episodes ago. I can't remember. Um, I get confused because I know we had a week off of Supergirl last week. I think so. it was just two weeks ago, but the last episode. Okay. But yeah, but I mean, we had that really emotional scene where, you know, Alex revealed that she was really the one, uh, you know, who performed the, the, the killing and, uh, not Hank. And they had that moment where, you know, she grabbed, Kara grabbed his hand, grabbed Hank's hand as he was walking past, really solidifying them as a family. And there was even more of that this time when, you know, Alex questioned Jean, why didn't you leave when you had the chance? And he said he'd rather stay locked up for a thousand years than to have anything happen to either one of them. Yeah. So, uh, and like I said, you know, and it was we had that nice moment, but we also had a really nice moment between Kyler Lee and Melissa early uh, as well when she came out of the effects of the red kryptonite. Of I think this was one of those moments where we really saw Melissa shine. Oh, as absolutely. Kara when it was that idea of did I kill anybody? And realizing that it was stuff that was buried inside of her and she said some nasty stuff. And it was just that nice sisterly moment between the two of them. It's kind of like, you know, I I didn't mean that. It's just something buried deep inside of me, that whole idea of all that stuff. But Alex very much looking at her like, well, this is, you know, there's truth to some of that stuff. And that's something we're going to have to work on together. And it's her kind of making that realization that maybe she has been keeping her sister, you know, held back a little bit. So it was nice that they really kind of looked at a lot of those things and that kind of echoed for my thoughts on the show that some of the DEO stuff has, you know, kind of kept Supergirl too much in check. And I'm wondering if it's a writer's kind of nodding to that a little bit where she's got to step out of the shadow of the DEO and be a hero on her own as well as instead of just kind of like, you know, the lackey kind of yeah. way. Yeah. So I think it was a nice way to address a lot of the show's problems I've had from the start to the current. And, uh, it seems like they're really kind of addressing them in nice plot hole ways. You know, not well, not plot holes, but, um, you know, plot point ways. Yeah. I, I will tell you this, too. Another thing that I really started to notice, and it's another point of this episode. There's a certain character that has just been kind of like flatlined with me. Not flatlined as in dead, but flatlined as in there's never really been any digression or progression. Ooh, ooh, in. ooh let me guess. Let me guess. When? No, not actually not. Okay. Well, um, he's kind of flatlined for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, say that he's not been exactly uh, my favorite person to see on screen in the show. No progression or regression. No, like, from the character, he's, he's just, just kind of halted. He's been flat. Yeah. Uh, but another character that's been kind of flat to me lately, but really, I, I I've started to come around on this episode is actually Cat. Is Cat Grant and Calista Flockhart. Um, 
See, I actually thought the opposite this week. I thought we saw her shine a little bit better this week. Well, no, that's what I mean. I, that's oh, what okay. I, I think she's she's come. I've come around on her more. I always thought her character was kind of flat, you know, kind of the same you did, same way you did with Wynn. But I really started to see through that a little bit more this week, and I I, I grew to like her character more this week, especially yeah, I, because of that speech at the end with her and Supergirl on the balcony. Yeah, uh, like I was kind of thinking the same thing when I was watching this week as well as uh, we kind of brought it up when we talked to Sean and Brian uh, last week was it's that whole Devil's Wear Prada section of the show. Um, and this week it didn't feel like that anymore. By the end of the episode, I'm like, this is integral to this character and I'm now understanding why it's there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's – I know this is a Marvel reference, but it kind of goes to the whole – uh, J. Jonah Jameson to Spider-Man kind of thing is, you know, deep down, you know, Jonah feels that Spider-Man is good for the city, but he pretends to hate him. And even though secretly, he probably kind of does still. It's kind of like too. it's kind of like that secret push to be better. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we've kind of gotten a little bit from that from Kat, but Kat's been a little bit more open about the fact that she does appreciate Supergirl and what she does. Yeah. And especially in the beginning of the episode, you know. You know, when she's high praising Supergirl and then only to later on in the episode denounce her and tell her that she's a threat and warn the people about her. You know, but by the end, you start to realize that that was purely just for the job. She really doesn't feel this way about Supergirl. She actually does like Supergirl. Yeah. And actually, I'm kind of happy that you brought up J. Jonah Jameson because we kind of had a pseudo Spider-Man nod this week. I don't know if you caught it, uh, but the little like, you know. 13 year old girl that was wearing the supergirl like homemade supergirl costume tossing it in the trash can and walking away yeah that kind of made me smile a little bit and think and it's funny that that you bring that up too because i did notice that mainly for the fact that i went back and i watched spider-man 2 yesterday (laughs) so that was fresh in my head and and bear in mind people not the amazing spider-man 2 probably spider-man 2 by directed by ted raimi yeah sam Sam, Sam, not sam raimi with toby mcguire Right, and I don't get Doc me wrong. I, I I I adore Ted Raimi though too. <laughs> oh, Ted Ted Raimi's great. So, uh, but yeah, all in all, um, one of the stronger, one of my favorite episodes. I I do have a worry about this show, and it's the fact that I feel like we're getting too many big Superman storylines in one season. Well, I, I, I think they're they're running the well dry too fast. Well, that's okay, though, because you have to remember this is a Supergirl show, not a Superman. So if they want to use Superman stuff to bring the audience in, and then we can get into some of the deeper cuts in Supergirl's mythology, that's a good way to do it. And I kind of applaud them a little bit for it. I thought that more and more kind of today before we started recording was um, I know we've had a lot of friends that were talking like, you know, they did the Black Mercy story. You know, we have Red, Red Kryptonite. We saw the Fortress of Solitude. But there's so much farther we can go into not Superman's history or in his lore, but we can go into Supergirl stuff. So I think it's fine. You're getting those out of the way. And now we can actually start playing with some more interesting, fun stuff. And it's it's that same idea, I think, as if you look at The Flash. Like, season one, you're not going to say, here's the multiverse. Like, you integrate it in slowly. But it's just in this show, we're looking at it from taking stuff from two characters instead of one. Okay, I mean, yeah, I guess looking at it that way, we can see that because I mean, you're right; it is Supergirl, not Superman. So if you use the storylines that people know to to draw in the audience for the first season, and they stick around for the second, then then it's worth it. Yeah, it's I mean, like it. again, the Flash kind of does that too because the Flash is not just you know 
with us growing up, it's not like we had just one Flash. We had three, actually four. Um, so, I mean, some of the stories we're even seeing on the Flash were Wally West stories, not, you know, Barry Allen stories. Yeah, okay, that's true. So, yeah, then, uh, yeah, I guess looking at it that way, I kind of, uh, I kind of changed my mind. Yeah, so, they're kind uh, of giving this the best of both worlds. It's kind of like, here's the world. This is what we're allowed to do in it. Let us play around a little bit. We'll hook you, and then we'll start getting into the more intricate stuff next season. That's my hope. Yeah, yeah. And I will say one final thing before we, we wrap this up. Uh, I'm saying this as a single gentleman. Um, God, Red Kryptonite Kara was hotter than than the other normal cat. Hey, just wait and see if they introduce pink kryptonite. And uh, for comic book fans, you know exactly what that means. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? Because now I'm curious. <laughs> well, uh, it, this is going back quite a ways. I want to say it's in the late 1980s, maybe early 90s. Superman was uh, hit with pink kryptonite and Superman turned gay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. okay. So you never know what they could do in one of these shows. Yeah, so. that, that's true. <laughs> that is very, very true. Uh, but next week, we're going to see episode 17, as we had mentioned before, titled Manhunter, which is uh, Jeff Johns reveals how he met Jeremiah Danvers and assumed the identity of Hank Henshaw. So obviously, we're going to see a little bit more of a flashback. And I think we're going to see Dean Kane return to the show as well. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, which would be pretty cool. So, but, uh, that being said, that's actually going to wrap up the shows that we have. However, uh, as we did last week, you know, we had something more to talk about. We went over the things with, um, with Brian and Sean. We kind of got their feedback on the past episodes we've done before. Um, but since we don't have any guests this week, what we're going to do is Rob had mentioned a movie to, to me, uh, that is on Netflix. And I brought it up last week as my essential. And you also brought it up as a good precursor to Batman versus Superman, because right. one of my biggest concerns with Batman v Superman, which I'm actually going to a screening of on Tuesday night, but we we won't have recorded before the movie actually releases, so it doesn't really oh, matter. It's okay, because even though we have one show to talk about next week, we do have Batman versus Superman to talk about next Sunday, so yes, we expect do. a lot of conversation from us next week. Yes, and there is a spoiler warning in the beginning of this podcast for a reason. Yes. And so, next week, that will definitely take place because we're not holding anything back. And like I said, we record on Sundays. So if you don't get a chance to watch it Friday or Saturday, definitely hold off on listening to next week's episode until you watch the movie or just listen to our recap of Supergirl and then turn and then stop. Until you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then pause the podcast and go back to it afterwards. So, but we have a feeling most of the people that listen to this podcast are the kind of people like us that are going to try and see it at, you know, at the very beginning. You know, but as I mentioned, you know, one of the biggest concerns I have is, you know, what I was calling, you know, too many flavors spoil an on too many ingredients spoil the flavor of an entree. And you had mentioned, you know, because they're bringing in Flash, they're bringing in Aquaman, they're bringing in all these characters, the Batman versus Superman, which I feel is a little too much. And you had mentioned that this movie does that. Uh, we're we're talking about Justice League War, actually. We haven't even mentioned the t what we're talking about. And it's available on Netflix, so if you haven't watched it. But you had mentioned, you had made mention to me that Justice League War was a good example of how you actually can introduce all these characters in a short amount of time and it actually works. And you can actually manage to tell somebody's origin story through the mix of all that because you look at Victor Stone in that movie. You see him from football player to hero from by start from start to finish. Yep, yeah, you see him as football player to cyborg by the end of the by the end of the episode. Yeah, no, no origins of anybody else except for except for cyborg, but. 
we know the origins of these characters already. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's nice too because they do it through the eyes of the other characters. Like when Green Lantern means Batman, it's like, wait a second, you're actually just a human. That was such a great scene in the beginning of that, where it was just kind of like, what are you, a vampire? You just disappeared. And it's like, you know, you have to have what super speed, super strength, something. And then it's just Batman looking back at him and smiling. And that's sometimes all you need to say in a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I liked I, I liked the fact that Batman and Superman actually did battle it out in this one because they didn't know about each other. Um, you know, well, well, I think Superman knew about Batman, but Batman didn't really know about Superman. I can't remember exactly. Right. Um, but I did. I actually really enjoyed this movie, and I think you're absolutely right. This movie was a good example of how you can bring in these characters and and make it work. Yeah, like I said, ninety minutes. They they pulled off a feat that. You got to think about it too. It's not like a lot of Marvel characters because you have to think a little bit about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, like the comic book fans, know who Iron Man, you know, are, you know, like who, who that character always has been. But a lot of the characters they were pulling from in the MCU, which is why everybody thinks it's such a feat of them, is the fact that they took characters that were at the lower tier because they don't have X-Men. They couldn't pull from Spider-Man when they started all this up. That these are characters you really had to tell the people an origin of. Like, if you walk down the street, ask an average Joe who Batman is and what his secret identity is, most people can tell you. If you ask who's Superman and what is his secret identity, people can tell you. You ask the average Joe 15 years ago, who's Iron Man, a lot of people would have said, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And this this movie was actually a good reminder to me that uh, Shazam was actually a part of the Justice League at one point. Yeah. Like I said, this is a full adaptation, kind of like a shortened down adaptation of the first arc of the new 52 Justice League of America. So again, they did a beautiful job cutting that down to 90 minutes. And one of the things that DC's always done well, aside from the TV shows they're currently doing, was always their animated stuff, whether it was the animated series or the animated films. They put a lot of care into them, but they do a great job of taking like a graphic novel and pushing it down to 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think the next movie on my list, by the way, Alan Tudyk as the voice of Superman was awesome. It totally doesn't sound like him at all, does it? No, it doesn't. I had to look it up to see that it was him. Mm-hmm. So, Because I've seen this movie multiple, multiple times. Who was your favorite character in, in that entire movie? Um... That's a good question. I mean, you know, out of the characters that we had, we had Superman, Green Lantern, Batman, Flash. Um, we see a hint of Aquaman, I believe, at the end. Yeah, the follow-up movie to this is actually uh, Justice League, The Throne of Atlantis, which brings in the Aquaman side of all of this. So, again, if you're interested about, you know, Batman versus Superman or Justice League Part 1, definitely make sure you check that out as well because I know they're looking at a lot of – Jeff Johns' stuff that he wrote specifically in Justice League, and that was the second arc of all of this. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, uh, Wonder Woman, Shazam, uh, Flash, Green Lantern, Cyborg, Batman, Superman. Um, I'm a huge Flash fan, but I, I think my favorite character in this one probably is Green Lantern. I thought so. Uh, he, just, he's They play him off so well in this. Yeah, I mean, it's just like... One, I just love the part at one point where, like, Batman calls him Hal Jordan. And he's like, how did you know my name was Hal? And he's like, I saw it on your jacket. Yeah. You know. It was, uh, you know, it, it was, he was the levity. and it, It's one of the things I've always loved about Hal Jordan is, like, when he's written right, you know, he's a really strong leader. 
minus the current renegade story where it's kind of like how jordan i'm i'm i run the green lantern court everybody's like oh no how jordan's here everybody get away he's <laughs> gonna just screw up everything but i love it it's bringing that that cocky test pilot idea of him and it, it's it's that him going into try to fight superman and, and looking at batman and saying no, no no don't worry i got this it's almost very ryan reynolds-esque well i mean like i said ryan reynolds was actually when he was cast me and my wife um we're really excited because we both read Green Lantern and we were both big fans after John's did Rebirth. And um, it was his casting was so perfect. It was one of those things where, unfortunately, the writers didn't deliver. It's kind of like, Ben, what you talked about the other week with, you know, Affleck um, playing Daredevil. Like he did the best he could. It's the writers that failed us, not him as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that, too. So, um it's funny too because I all these mentions of of the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern and how horrible that movie is. Part of me almost wants to go back and watch it again. Apparently, if you do, I heard the director's cut is a little bit better. Not a lot, but a little bit better. Really? I think it's, I think it's tricky to for for one, like they suffered that you know Fantastic Four little bit with uh you know Parallax being the giant gas cloud, um, kind of the same as Galactus was treated in Fantastic Four. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, using Hector Hammond as the big bad, it's not as interesting as seeing somebody like Sinestro. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I mean, I, I am I hang my head in shame as I say that I own that on Blu-ray. So it's okay. I own Transformers two on Blu-ray. I don't know why, hey, but I do. Hey. I'm in Transformers 2, so that's okay. <laughs> You're allowed to own that movie because I own it too. I'm actually in two scenes in that movie. I'll have to go back and uh, – no, I actually – Oh, no, you can't. You can't, you, you can't find me. Trust me. I've looked. <laughs> I think the one scene I got hit with the cutting room floor and the other one you can see my sneakers. That's fine. That, that, that makes me not have to go back and watch that movie. Exactly. <laughs> so – um. Yeah, so I guess that pretty much wraps it up for, for Secret Origins for this week. Uh, so I guess we can head towards our next segment and get ready to wrap things up where we head into DC Essentials, where we bring you some news in the world of DC, as well as some new recommendations for the week. Yes. Uh, I, I know you have a lot of news for this week. Yeah, uh, actually, well, before we actually get into that, because, uh, you know, one of my pieces of news kind of brings us back to one of our normal segments, which is Casket Watch. I feel like we need to have that like law and order that don't don't you know, after that. <laughs> I, but and I meant to mention that too that you know in, in the beginning of this when we got a break from the episodes we got a break from Man in the Iron Mask watch we got a break from Casket watch and we got a break from Barista watch we did <laughs> so. which is always okay in my book yes okay so, so real quick the reason I wanted to we bring up Casket watch is um, there was news that actually hit today. Where they gave in a synopsis of a upcoming episode of Arrow, which I believe is going to air on April sixth. The episode title is eleven fifty nine, um, and the way that it was kind of put up kind of made it seem like a time of death. And uh, it, there's a lot of signs pointing to it because it's getting very close to our wrap up of the the show. Um, I don't remember what the episode number is for this one. I think I'm going to say it's nineteen. So and what's the what is the um the title eleven fifty nine eleven fifty nine it's episode eighteen it's episode eighteen so and we're it's get April thirteenth uh okay I think I have it listed here as April sixth so we'll have to take a look at it um 
So it's one of the two of them. It's April. We know it's April and the, at least the front half of April. Yeah, IMDb has it as the 13th. So, okay, uh, uh, the, I think the press reports that I had it listed as April 6th. So. It, it could be right because IMDb has changed before. So Yeah. Um, so like I said, that the synopsis kind of breaks down some basic things that are kind of going into play. But just the title alone, I think a lot of people are drawing speculation is that's going to be our big death of the episode after will be uh, our funeral episode. And then we're going to ramp up into kind of what's going to happen for the finale because we do know when these shows come back that this is the last batch there are no breaks between where these shows are picking up and the their end runs at least for flash and arrow i don't know about legends uh if they're going to hit another break point but I, we do know for those two as soon as they come back they're going until they're done yeah so i i would think then it would probably have to be the sixth because that would put another week break in after they return which doesn't make sense right so, I mean, they wouldn't come back for one episode just to break another week and then and then go back. So I think IMDb is incorrect. I think it is the sixth. Okay. So, yeah. So that's kind of our casket watch show. Looks like we're going to be finding out who's in that grave come early, early April. Oh, so, so casket watch might be ending soon. It'll be coming to an end. We'll have to come up with a new watch. <laughs> so um, yeah, we, need, we, we, we need one for Supergirl. So I think what it's going to be for me is, uh, since we're now in the news section, is uh, the sure writers actually did bring up the idea that they were thinking about bringing in Streaky the Super Cat, which makes probably a lot of people roll their eyes. But, you know, it's a nice fun nod to kind of crypto the Super Dog. And um, it, it would kind of make me laugh. So they said they haven't ruled that one out yet. So we'll, so see. we'll, we'll do Streaky Watch. A streaky Watch. Maybe Streaky <laughs> Watch. We'll find out. <laughs> Um, I'll bring in one my I'll bring in my one piece of news since I know you still have a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I had mentioned last week that we saw a tweet from Kevin Smith saying that production on his episode of The Flash that he is directing had officially begun. Uh, he tweeted out an awesome, awesome picture of him in Zoom, which was great. Uh, and we officially know as of another tweet, he did tweet out a picture of the production notes we know that his episode that he is directing will be episode 21 of the flash yeah. so pretty close to the end actually yeah um i think that's the third to last episode of the season i so think so most likely a lot of stuff is going to happen in his episode which is pretty awesome yeah and uh he actually there was another tweet he put out just the other day and a lot of people were making some speculation about but it was a shot of him and jmu's on the set and it was kind of saying, hey, a whole bunch of you know, a couple of hoodlums hanging out in front of CC Jitters. And yeah. he, he was actually wearing his traditional cap. He wears the movies cap that he wears for Silent Bob. So everybody was wondering if, you know, Jay and Silent Bob are going to make a little cameo in the DC cinema, like, you know, TV universe. So that yeah, would be awesome. It would be pretty cool. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think that would make me smile. That would be so cool if that happens. Because, uh, you know, most people know, like, Kevin doesn't usually rock the baseball cap. Uh, anymore like he's uh or if he does it's uh it's not that cap specifically so it's kind of a it's a little stretch but yeah there's there's a little hope there for me yeah yeah exactly so uh but what other news did you have this week well, one of the things we actually missed last week that i was kicking myself for was uh we forgot to report that rick costnett who plays eddie thawne uh will be coming back on the flash and it's actually, I believe, episode 17, which is the first episode right out of break. So that is going to be not just Rick Costnett, but we're going to be seeing Tom Cavanaugh reprise the role of evil Dr. Wells. So the uh, reverse Flash version. Well, the and first episode back is actually Trajectory. 
Trajectory. All right, sorry. It's the uh, second episode back. Second episode back, yeah. So that's the flashback, which I believe happens right after the Supergirl episode. So um, we're also going to be seeing the return of Pied Piper. And this episode apparently is um, Barry an attempt to kind of get faster, decides to go back to an earlier point to get Wells to kind of help him get faster. So I thought that was kind of an interesting kind of twist on this, but it gives us a cool way to see him deal with old Harry and, you know, you know, we get to see Eddie alive again and have, you know, Grant deal with, uh, you know, playing up against Rick who, when he knows, you know, Barry knows that Eddie is dead. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm kind of hoping that's the, not the only appearance we're getting of a uh, constant for the rest of the season, but most likely this is maybe our, our last moment with him. I hope not. Cause I, I would love to see him come back Same. at some point, even if it's, even if it's not until season three. Yeah. I, I want to see it happen. Uh, after that, like I said, Mark Hamill actually uh, got a picture out online of the first still of the animated version of The Killing Joke, which uh, he, where he's going to be reprising his role of the Joker and Kevin Conroy will be coming back to play Batman. And I am just I cannot wait to see this. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it, it's a great kind of split between the old animated, uh, you know, the animated series kind of designs. But it's definitely kind of moving them in a little bit more of a direction towards uh, the Alan Moore uh, book. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, I mean, you again, you know more about than I do. But I mean, even though even I'm not a big even not being a big comic book fan, I'm still familiar with the killing joke. And yeah, Mark Hamill is the Joker, man. I I don't even care if I don't know what the story is. I will watch it. I just will, for that. I will lend you my copy of The Killing Joke just to read because it is – everybody always kind of goes back to is that is one of the greatest uh, Batman stories ever. And, th- and this is going to be rated R too, isn't it? Rated yes, R animated it is. It, it is a rated R animated flick. Um, so yeah, I'm incredibly pumped. And I know you know Hamill's talked about many a times you know, retiring from the role of the Joker. And he keeps coming back. And if anybody wants to complain about that him you know, going back on this word, you, you shouldn't because whenever he gets to do this character, it's amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, some of the other stuff that we've got now is, too, we do know in one of the next episodes of Supergirl, which I believe is next week, we've got two kind of points of news to look at, is um, we do know we're going to be seeing Eddie McClintock from Warehouse 13, who is Pete, is going to be coming in playing James Harper. And that is The Guardian. And I believe that's in next week's episode, Manhunter. Um, We also know we're going to be finding out about the fate of Hank, the original Hank Henshaw, and what John Jones did to him. And uh, my hopes is maybe that original Hank is not dead and we are going to see maybe some early glimpses of Cyborg Superman. So that'd be kind of cool <laughs> to see. Really, I would love to see it. So. I don't know. I'm just hoping that the the mention of Guardian means that we're going to get a look into Cadmus at some point. I hope so. I definitely hope so. Uh, moving off from that, we also do know that Warner Brothers is still actively looking at doing a Lobo movie. And uh, that will be, you know, the first uh, first draft of that script is going to be penned by uh, Jason Fosh, which is uh, the writer on Wonder Woman. And I'm kind of curious to see because, like I said, we talked to, you know, Sean and Brian last week. And it's the question of which Lobo would this be if they're doing a movie uh, is, as they put it, the sexy time Lobo or <laughs> the good old classic 19, you know, 80s, 90s, extreme, all the chains in the world, you know, the the main man kind of classic Lobo that a lot of us love, which not being a which not being a comic book reader, that's that's what I picture when I hear Lobo, right? You know, no. because that's what I know Lobo to be. 
Yeah, and I'm, like I said, for the people that are reading the New 52, no, that's not what Lopo is now. And uh, it makes makes me hope a little bit. There was some photos circulating around way back when, uh, not actually way back when, more like maybe a month or two ago, of Tra- uh, Danny Trejo saying he would love to play Lobo. And a couple of people mocked up a couple of cool shots of that. So definitely dig them up and, and pray to God that that's their casting choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the last piece of news for this week, uh, we found out who Common is going to be playing in the Suicide Squad. Um, he did come out, and uh, a couple people did mention that he is actually playing an original character for this movie, and his name is Monster T. Um, that's all we really know, and that he has some affiliation with the Joker for Suicide Squad. Which I'm, I'm looking forward to. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited. But uh, that wraps up for the news for us this week. So we can go on with our recommendations and we'll get that uh, get the hell out of here tonight. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll go first with this uh, with my recommendations for this week. My recommendation this week actually uh, for DC Essentials is something I have not seen, but I'm going off of what I thought of Justice League War. And I'm going to check out another animated film that I've heard a lot of good things about. I'm actually going to check out uh, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Yes. And that was actually one of my recommendations a couple of weeks back, too. That was that's kind of the kickstart of the new 52. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing some other things about that. I know I heard it from you and I've heard it from some other people. So my recommendation for this week is going to be something I'm going to be checking out myself. And that will be, as I mentioned, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, and with uh, the big uh, moment of next week, I got to say the two best things that you can check out are Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns because we're a week away from Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And on top of that, maybe go back and watch Man of Steel with uh, an open mind and maybe they'll rectify some issues that a couple people out there have had with it. Now, you told me I shouldn't go back and watch I don't Man think of Steel. If, I don't think you should, but I'm saying <laughs> people that enjoy that movie maybe should go back and kind of refresh themselves and uh, read The Dark Knight. Yeah, because if you're if you're new if you're a new listener to this podcast and you haven't gone back and listened to some of our past ones, I make no bones about the fact that I did not like Man of Steel. I had a lot of issues with it, and I'm a huge Superman fan. So uh, as I had mentioned to you guys before, and I had mentioned last week to Brian and Sean, I'm I'm going into Batman v Superman with a very open mind. I'm I'm going in as a film reviewer, so I have to leave my judgments at the door, uh, my prejudgments at the door, and I'm going into this more as a Batman film than a Batman versus Superman film because of the darker tone that this film has. Yeah. So and I, I, I I suggest everybody does that. Think of this as a Batman movie, not a Superman film. Yeah, exactly. We we had a Superman film with Man of Steel this time. This is a Batman film uh that just he happens to be taking on Superman. So again, I I have some pre-existing issues with Man of Steel. I have a lot of concerns with uh, Batman v Superman. As I had mentioned, I think there might be too much in one film and I'm still up in the air about what they're doing with Doomsday. But um, I will... Now here's the thing. When I go to a lot of media screenings, when I go to press screenings, a lot of times they put us under a media embargo, so I'm not allowed to post any details or reviews until a certain date. And I have a feeling it's going to be that. So our review, my review, I probably won't be able to post until Thursday morning. Uh, but I will post a review on our podcast network's website, nextlevelradioonline.com. And even though I cannot go into detail due to a media embargo, Tuesday evening, uh, late Tuesday evening, when I return from the screening, I will post a one-sentence review stating whether or not I liked it or 
I'll say I'll say this. I'll post it on the Next Level Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash next level radio online. I will say as far as Batman v Superman goes. Just say yay I, or nay. Just say yay I'll or say nay. I was wrong, meaning I liked it, and I was wrong about my judgments, or I was right, and that I my concerns were merited. And I don't want to know any of that stuff until I see that movie Thursday night. So don't text me. I'm not gonna check your stuff. Well, this is this is more for the listeners. True. If the listeners are curious, but I'm just saying for you not to text me. Oh, I won't text you. <laughs> I won't text you at all. I'll, I'll wait until I you see the movie Thursday night. Fair enough. So, but I will see it Tuesday. You will see it Thursday, which means next week we will talk about it. Yes, in great detail and with spoilers. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. So you have been warned. All right. <laughs> so I guess it's time to wrap things up, man. Yeah. Uh, Cheap plugs one more time. As I had mentioned, you know, this is the Next Level Podcast Network, so you can check out all of our other podcasts, nextlevelradioonline.com. Once again, please uh, give us a nice uh, rating on iTunes, and uh, hopefully we can get into that that new and noteworthy section on iTunes. Um, uh, You can reach out to me at NXT Level Radio, Ben at nextlevelradioonline.com, or of course the podcast as a whole, DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. If you have any essentials that you think you would re- you would recommend to us or you think we should recommend to others, please drop us a line and let us know. And you can always find me at caffeinecrew.com or uh, you can always email me at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com and we're on Facebook and Twitter. All that fun stuff. And, oh, uh, you know, we do another podcast as well that Ben's also on. You've heard Craig Lagans on the show a couple times. He's on there. TJ, who's been on here as well. And uh, it's just kind of a general pop culture podcast that's uh, mostly focusing on, focusing on main, uh, mainly all geek things. So definitely check that out. And always a big special thanks to George Shaw for the music that is in this podcast. Make sure you check out his stuff at georgeshawmusic.com. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other podcast I do as well, the show cast is the same thing. It's, uh, Rob, we, we have to have you on eventually. Yeah. I'll be on there soon. Yeah. It's just a matter of we get, we do a lot of celebrity interviews and, uh, going into Batman and Superman next week on the show cast, Ben Affleck will not be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just, I just thought I'd get people's attention by mentioning his name. Fair enough. And, uh, I guess with that, we're done. Yeah. Uh, so until next week, enjoy the rest of your time. Check out our recommendations. And of course, make sure you tune in next week uh, for, you know, another recap of the next episode of Supergirl and Batman v Superman. Looking forward to that. Uh, and until then, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>